0: Well, good morning, Bethany. This has been an incredible summer, one that I will remember for quite some time with all of you as we've served, as we've given, and as we've been going out. And I've got a big question for you as we wrap up this sermon series this morning. The question is, do you believe that God rewards people for doing good? Let me just make it a little bit more personable to you this morning. Do you believe that God will bless your life for the good things that you do in Jesus' name? Let me just describe to you what I think a blessing is as you just think through those questions for a minute. I think a blessing is anything that you've been given an abundance of, like more than enough than you can have. It meets your daily need and then goes beyond, and it can turn into an overflow, it can turn into a stockpile, it can turn into a savings, it can turn into a second garage, whatever it is. More than enough. Blessing is when God gets involved and presses down into your lap something more. And you go, I don't know what to do with all this. And sometimes we say, I'll keep it for myself. But I think those who have the Spirit of Christ in them say, no, this blessing is not just for me. It's to be shared. That's why God gave me the excess. That's what Jesus really teaches us in the Gospel of John. Look there on the screen with me. Jesus says, when you produce much fruit, You are my true disciples. So when you're going to produce good and godly fruit, good fruit, great fruit, a lot of fruit, not grapefruit, great fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. You know that God is really pleased when you do good things in the name of Jesus. God is very happy with us when he sees you taking his blessing that he's put in your life and sharing it with those that are around you. The scriptures go on to say, Jesus says in verse 11 of that chapter, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Notice the joy there. It's not your joy. It's not the world's joy. It's not the joy that you know when you get a raise. It's not the joy that you know when you go on vacation. It's, it's no, no, it's God's joy. It's a special joy. It's like experiencing God's peace, that it's unexplainable. The joy is the same kind of thing. This is God's joy which is imparted from him to you. Yes, your joy, the joy that you will receive when you pour out your blessings, will overflow. They will come out of you. You won't have room enough. They will just bubble up and overflow, and you'll have a joy that you won't be able to contain. And hopefully, that joy turns into also someone else's happiness, which is a theological premise called transcending living, where you recognize that God has put me in a position. Maybe more energy or more talent or better ideas. Like you're the guy that always has the better idea. Or maybe you have more time on your hands or you're greater with time management than most. Maybe you have more finances than some and you recognize transcending living. God has put this into my life, not just for me. No, he's poured it into my lap so that it would overflow into others. I received his joy. Now I'm gonna make some people happy as well. Let me just put this principle into place with this simple teaching. He pours, he pours into people, who pour out into people. Like God pours into you. If you're going to pour out into others, you've heard it like this, that you are blessed to be a blessing, right? You've heard it that way before. The Bible talks about this all over the scriptures. I mean, all over the scriptures from the very beginning to the very end of that book, you get this principle in play from the book of Proverbs. It tells us, Generosity will be rewarded. A generous person will prosper. Generosity will be rewarded. A gener- Does God reward generous people? Yes. doesn't matter what that generosity looks like. Whoever refreshes others will be what? Refreshed. You're going to bring peace to some people. You're going to receive some peace in your life. Proverbs 22 goes on to say it like this. The generous themselves will be blessed for they share their food with the poor. And God is happy when you do good works. God is happy when you produce good fruit. He is exalted, and you are, catch this, you are blessed. Another word for that is you are rewarded. See, God pours into his people who pour out into other people. God blesses those who desire to be a blessing. Friends, this can be found in one of the very first stories in the book of Genesis. like Close to the very first story, Genesis chapter 12. Turn there with me in the Bible. You're saying, I didn't bring one. The church has one in front of you in the chair rack. It's page nine. That's a simple page number. Page nine. And God rewards a man by the name of Abraham. In this particular passage of scripture, he's called Abram. God changes people's names because he wants to give them a new identity. When you come to Jesus, you're given a new identity. And in the Old Testament, he changed names to show them that they were something new, that they were God's marked people. And that's what he does with Abraham. And he gives Abraham this. An immense blessing, this, this amazing level of success. But that success was promised to him, and it had a binding promise. Like, Abraham, you got to do this for this. Look at Genesis chapter 12 with me. Look at verse 2. It says, God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. And by the way, uh, that nation has become the nation of Israel. The Hebrew people have become the nation of Israel And I will bless you. I will make your name great. Abraham, just sit back for a moment, buddy. Uh, You're going to be famous. You're going to be famous. You're going to do some things in my name, and you're going to be blessed. And and if you pour these things out onto people, you're going to become famous. And you'll be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse whoever curses you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you through who? Through Abraham. Abraham, if you just ex- receive my blessing and hold on to this promise that I'm giving you, you won't have room enough to store it, that you can't contain it. I'll, I'll make you famous. If you, just, if you just do what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to pour out into you and you're going to pour out into others and you're going to be a blessing and, and you guess you're going to have some overflow as well, You're going to be rewarded. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, and I'm not health, wealth, gospel at all. God rewards those who do good deeds in the name of Jesus. God blesses those who do good fruit, produce good fruit for God in heaven. I want to tell you that, that promise that we just saw in Genesis 12, that you will be a blessing to other people, that the whole world will call you blessed and they'll be blessed through you, is not just a promise of Abraham. It's also your promise too. You're saying, oh, come on now. How can we go back thousands of years and claim a promise? Well, I'm going to claim it. Because the Bible says in the New Testament scriptures that I can claim it, and then you can claim it also. Look at Galatians chapter three, verse 14 on the screen. It says, through Jesus Christ, that's how we claim things. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is, right? Right? It's not what I've done. It's what he has done through Christ Jesus. God has blessed the Gentiles. That's guys like me. That's people like you. I'm not a Jew. I'm not God's chosen people that were set aside in the Old Testament. Nope. Just some old lonely Gentile with the same blessing. He blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers, anybody in this room a believer? I am. I'm going to claim it. Might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith, you're gonna get get the blessing. Now, why wouldn't you take hold of the blessing that was promised to Abraham and comes to you through Jesus Christ? Why would you not take hold of that? I think sometimes it's just because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that we've been blessed to be a blessing that God wants to overwhelmingly bless our lives so that we can overwhelmingly bless our nations that surround us. The New Testament is chock full of these reminders to not forget that you are a blessing through Jesus Christ. So it says, you need to bless the poor, bless the brokenhearted, bless the widow, bless the fatherless, pour out to those in need, go the extra mile for your neighbor. And you know why it constantly reminds us to not forget that you're a blessing to bless other people that you've been poured into so you can pour out of yourself into others? It's because we have a default mode, a natural mode about us, and it's called selfishness, self-preservation. Take care of me. So when the overflow comes, when the excess comes, we say, well, how about I just keep that for me? Because I need that right now, after all, and there might be some rainy days ahead where I need to keep hold of this stuff. That's not the promise. Now, the promise is you're going to be blessed. Why? So you can pour out to be a blessing to other people. And so the Bible constantly says, don't forget because you've got a gravitational pull to selfishness. I do. So the Apostle Paul took a young mentor aside of him. And he had a, a mentee by the name of Timothy, a young preacher. He says, look, Timothy, you've got a lot of people in your congregation that, that have a lot of giftedness. They've got a, a lot of ways in which they've been blessed monetarily. They've got all sorts of things that they can bring value to the church, but they're holding on to instruct them to do something, Timothy. Instruct them. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on their uncertainty of wealth, but on God. Like, hey, listen, we know this as Christians. We're not putting our trust in money. We know that money's not saving us. We know that our good deeds don't save us, that Christ saves us, don't we? We know that. But Paul's telling Timothy, tell the church, don't forget. Like, Don't get caught up in all the good that you're doing that you think the good is the thing that's saving you. Don't get caught up in the blessing thinking that you've been blessed just to kind of hoard it. No. Release it. Pour that out. Don't become arrogant in it either. Like God blesses me more than he blesses you. No, that's not the way it works. Uh, Have your certainty in God who richly provides us with all things. Check this out. To enjoy. To enjoy. You got great talents. You got great time management. You got big finances. God says, no, I'm not taking it from you. It's not the gospel of poverty. You enjoy some of that stuff. You just don't forget that the overjoy, the over, the ex, the overflow should be someone else's joy. That should be someone else's happiness as well. That you should release what's been given to you. And it goes on to say, instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, willing to share, storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of what is truly life. What's truly life? Being generous, just as God was generous to us. pouring ourselves out and being responsible with the blessing that God has poured into us. I'm telling you today, God absolutely rewards those who do good deeds in his name. And I'm here to remind you this morning, as we finish out this series, I'm here to remind you what the more in your life is for. What the more is for. So if you have more energy, if you have more talent, if you have more money, if you have more time, if you have more expertise, the more is not for you. The more is for others to advance God's kingdom, to put some joy and happiness into some other people's lives in the name of Christ, to be the reflection of the light. Do good, be a blessing, produce fruit. God notices this stuff. And just like John said, Jesus told us, he's pretty happy when he sees us producing good fruit. And Jesus says, don't miss out on the greater blessing that comes with the blessing. You know what the greater blessing is that comes with the blessing? Jesus says it like this in the book of Acts. It's more blessed to give than to do what? Than to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to get. It's more blessed to contribute than it is to consume. It's more blessed to be like God than it is to be greedy. Don't you love that? Don't miss out on the great blessing that comes with generosity at hand. When God says, I have put this in your lap, you you don't have room enough for it. So what are you gonna do with it? We're blessed to give than receive. Now, I know how this works because I'm staring at a bunch of people that are just like me. We have a temporal mindset and we look to our neighbor and we say, I don't have what they have. And because I don't have what they have, I'm not blessed. And maybe you're, maybe you're thinking that today. You're a believer and you're saying, I'm not, I can't think. We live in such a, a materialistic society and we've applied blessings to material things. I can't think of how God has really blessed my life. Let me just combat that for you this morning. If you're a believer in two ways, one eternal and one, one spiritual rather and one temporal for a moment. Let me tell you the first blessing that everybody in this room has access to and some of you have claimed The first is you are saved by an all-sufficient Savior. Is there a greater blessing than that? Like You don't have to worry about heaven and hell. Oh, It's not about how much money you have because you can't buy this salvation. It's not about how much good you have done because you can't work yourself up to that. It's not about what you've done. It's what Christ has done for us. No, an all-sufficient Savior means you can relax now. He has forgiven your sins. He has wiped them away as far as east as west. He has scattered them never to return. He's not going to come back and say, hang on a minute. You remember what you did five years ago? No, 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 that's not God. That's not our God. God has this beautiful way to forgive, but here's the best part about his divinity. To forget your sin. And when you come to Jesus, it says that he has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And we pair up with Jesus and we receive his righteousness so that we can have an all-sufficient savior so that you don't have to worry about eternal destiny. You're secure with Christ. And you're saying, but what if I sin today? Christ has got you covered. What if I sin tomorrow? Christ has got you covered. But what about my sins in my past? Christ has got those covered, doesn't he? Friends, that is the blessing of an all-sufficient Savior, that you can live free today. You can love people and you can love God, even though you have some missteps and you stumble, you can stumble forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Second, let me go very, very, very temporal. You've got more than most, and you just haven't thought about it. We live in the most prosperous country nearly on the face of the earth. In 2018, the Global Wealth Report was issued and it had said that if you have a total household income, a total household income of more than $32,000 a year, you are now called the 1% in the world. Uh, and just so you're aware, uh, you can get on government assistance and you can get so much government assistance that it covers more than $32,000. Some of you are like, I need to get quitting my job and start government assistance and stuff, right? You hear about the 1% so often? How dirty and malicious and how they take advantage of everyone? That's you and me. I mean, that's the majority of us in this room. Uh, 32,000 for a household? Uh, Just two people working together? More than likely, you're going to make more than that. More than likely. You're the dirty 1%. You're richer than 99% of the world. Let me just think, have you think for a moment so you don't forget how blessed you really are. In the nation of India, the average annual income of an individual, the average annual income of an individual is $616. It's about $1.70 a, a day they're working for. Some of you are like, you know, that, that's a little less than my car payment was. Last week, we had this video chat with our missionary in India, TB, TB Paul, and his family was there, and they chatted us via video, and so, you know, the house was chaotic, and here's this little Indian man sitting in his bedroom, and his whole family gathered around, and we're trying to tell him about the great thing that God has done through us, and we're just trying to bless his life, we said, TB, listen, I know we promised you three churches this year, we're not able to do that. Oh, what? No, we're able to do six. Now, listen, he's not a very emotional guy. I'd love to tell you that he cried, but no, he's a man after my own heart. He just stood there very stoic. And he said, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you, God. And I'll tell you what, we kind of laughed and we, we joked about how he was going to do the, the next build and the next village. And, and I said to him very, very honestly, I said, TB, now there's, there's $85 more beyond the 60000 Right? You can just go, 85 bucks, what's that? I said, would you please spoil your preachers? Please spoil your preachers with that $85 and buy them some premium rice. Now the guys in the room with me, they kind of chuckled. But every time I've been over to India, every time I go, I meet with the preachers and they will get a, a 50 pound bag of premium rice. Pure white premium rice. And we'll distribute it to the preachers. And they'll come ready, ready for the blessing with their cups or their bowls, something to carry back so that they can have rice for the week that is premium, that isn't mixed. Because when they're given an offering at church, they're not given money. They're given given rice from the fields that are surrounded, and it's never the same kind of rice. Most of it looks a lot like this, but that's even too nice looking. It's just mixed, and it's hodgepodge, and they can't really do anything with it, and so they have to kind of sort it grain by grain. Grain. Then they are able to make their meal, and they will show up. They'll show up to our preacher's meetings, and they'll take their scoops of rice, and they'll be weeping. They'll be weeping to take five pounds of rice. One guy, I remember, didn't show up to receive the blessing. He didn't know it was going to be dolled out that day, so he had no cup. He didn't know what to do, he he took off his sandal and thought maybe I can carry a little bit. No no. So he un- undoes his shirt and he uses his shirt tails and says pour it right here. Pour it right here. I'll make a bowl and they just poured it into his lap and it just overflowed and he walked several miles home like this, <laughs> making sure not one grain of rice spilled out because he knew he was blessed that day and he wanted to take the blessing home and it reminded me of what Jesus taught and I'm sure it reminded those guys of what Jesus taught. Give and you will receive. Given, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. It'll be pressed down. It'll be shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Did you catch that? It's going to be pressed down. It's going to be shaken together. It's going to be running over. And the amount you give will be the amount that you give back. God has poured blessing into your lap so you can pour blessings out into others. And friends, let's just not forget today what the more is for because it's been an awesome summer, seven weeks. Think about what God has done through seven weeks through you all. Two frontline ministries, crisis pregnancy places in Washington and Vincennes because you all, Went out in the name of Jesus and collected some pretty pricey supplies. You were able to stock their shelves for a whole year. So that burden of finances doesn't have to be on them. Uh, uh, Three weeks ago, we caught you by surprise and said, if you could just give some time, uh, God's bless you, if you could just bless others with some of your time, you were able to pack and prep 40,000 meals. That are able be handed out in disaster areas like Haiti with the gospel of Jesus Christ attached to it, and you did that in the name of Jesus. Good fruits. Just last week, while we said let's do three churches, God overwhelmingly put it on your heart because of the overflow of blessing that was in your lap. You poured out into others, and not just three, but a double portion, the Bible calls it, six. You know, If God gives you more, you've got to do more. And you're learning that. I'm learning that. Gives you more health, use it to help others. Blesses you with a happy, loving marriage, use that happy, loving marriage to strengthen, sustain marriages that may not be in the same place you are. If you're blessed with talents, use them to enhance the ministries. If you're blessed with knowledge, use them to equip people who are in the faith so that they can live at a higher level. Jesus says, if God has been generous with you, if God has been generous with you, he will expect you to serve him well. (laughs) <laughs> listen, listen to this next line. He'll kill you. But if he has been more than generous, he will expect you to serve him even better. Uh, more than generous in my life. He's got an expectation for me. And it doesn't matter where you find yourself at and being blessed. God's got an expectation for us, which also equates to a responsibility. The the scriptures teach it to us like this. You will be enriched in every way. You'll be enriched in every way. So no longer say, God hasn't blessed me. No, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Don't say, i got to sit this one out. No, God says, you will find a way to contribute. Because you've been blessed with more than many are blessed with. And through us, your generosity will result and the thanksgiving to God. God will be praised because of your generosity. He's poured it out on you to pour it out into others, and God gets the glory for it. But friends, learn this lesson. There is a responsibility that goes along with the blessings that God puts into our life. There is a giant responsibility, a heavy, burdenful responsibility that goes along with the blessing. You know, in Jewish cultures, when the inheritance was to go out after the patriarch of the family, the dad would die. The oldest son would get what's called a double portioned blessing, a double portion inheritance. You get twice as much as everybody else. Now, you want people to be upset in the family? There you go. Yeah, you know, it didn't work real well for guys like me. I hated that teaching because I'm not the oldest in my family. But God had a reason behind it. He tells us the reason in Deuteronomy 21. He says, "He shall acknowledge the firstborn. The father shall by giving him a double portion of all that he has, twice as much as everybody else, for he is the firstfruits of the strength." Like that's. That's, that's the, the one that came out first, and the dad settles on him and says, that's my boy. That's him. I don't know what's coming next, but that's my boy. And the rights, and that word rights is the res- word for responsibility. The responsibility of the firstborn is his. Did you catch it? Oh, you've been given a double portion of the blessing not to go buy a boat. You've been given a double portion of the blessing, firstborn, to take care of mama when I die. You've been given a first, uh, double portion of the blessing, so when I die, you're taking care of your siblings and you're taking care of this estate and you're gonna be paying the taxes <laughs> and you're gonna be paying the bills. Oh, yeah, and you can try to get your spongy little brother out of the basement. I've been trying for years. Good luck. Here's a double portion. There's a responsibility. That goes along with the blessing. You ever heard the story of Jacob Jacob and Esau, the two twins? When Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. And here come these two twins, Jacob and Esau. Fraternal twins, they're not identical. The Bible tells us that they're completely opposite. Esau is the firstborn. He is the father's favorite. Jacob is a mama's boy. And as young men, they grow up. And Jacob becomes this deceiver. He becomes someone that can tell a lie straight face, and you can't tell. Esau becomes an outdoorsman, a hunter. His dad just loves him for it. And one day Esau was outside and needing some food. And Jacob says, how hungry are you? Are you willing to give up your birthright, your double inheritance to me for some food? And Esau says, you bet I will. What a moron. And Jacob deceives his dad and gets the birthright all for a A lousy bowl of soup, Esau says, have the inheritance. And Esau decided that soup was more important than a double portion of the blessing. No, 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 he didn't. No, he didn't. What Esau was deciding that day is what we don't catch in the story is he was saying, Jacob, I don't want the responsibility of taking care of mom and the rest of us and the estate and the taxes and the bills. I don't want that responsibility over my head. I'll take a bowl of soup. Thank you very much and the responsibility can be yours. That blessing to Esau was a curse. And it makes you wonder, why it is that God blesses Jacob? Because he is a deceiver, a conniver, a liar. Why would God bless someone like that? It's because he went all the way back to his grandfather's blessing, Abraham, and said, hey God, remember that blessing that you gave to Abraham, granddad? I'm holding on to that today. I'll be responsible for it, even though my older brother doesn't want to be. You can put that burden of blessing on me today, and I will be a blessing to my family. I will be a blessing to my country. I'll be a blessing to the nations. I will carry out what you started in my granddad. Boy, my eyes went, when I first saw that last week, I just thought Jacob was some conniving little twerp. No. He was the guy that stood up courageously and said, Put the burden squarely on me. I'll live up to the burden and the blessings that you provide for me, God. I love that. You want to know why I think God's blessing Bethany? Because we'll rise to the responsibility. I know you go like, that's arrogant, that's arrogant. No, no, no. I look back through the course of years here. Every time there's a challenge put in front of this congregation, you arise to the challenge and the overflow comes out, what's been pressed into your lap, you recognize it's not about the getting, it's about the giving. I mean, from our dollar difference, like, why are we spending thousands and thousands of dollars of people who don't go to this congregation? Why are we just blessing them randomly? Because it's been poured into our lap and it's overflowing. What do you want to do? Just create a surplus dollar difference. Pour finances into mission organizations, start new campuses that cost millions of plus dollars, and, and even exploring to add on to this place. Yeah, you heard that right. Oh, man, seriously. Why? Because God has blessed us, and God has blessed these places with people to minister to. And we have a responsibility to the people that God has blessed us with. You're a part of that blessing. There are so many more that will be a part of this blessing soon, and we have a responsibility to minister to our communities that are around us. You know that this church has grown year after year after year after year for six years at no less than 27% growth. That is unheard of around the nation. Most churches are figuring out what they're going to do next Sunday to keep the doors open, <laughs> not us. We're trying to figure out how to provide more room because we know there's a tsunami, a harvest coming in the fall again, and growth will get up to about 34%. That's why, that's why Vincennes has already started to think about adding us. Service at 9.30 there, and and as you all get ready for that, next week, next week that rolls out. Some of them are panicking. They're thinking, boy, this sanctuary is going to look pretty thin. It won't fall. It won't fall. You're preparing for the harvest. Expect the blessing. And that's why this campus will be adding a service. And We'll be changing our service time so that we can get four going on in here from 8 o'clock, 9.30, 11, and 12.30. And you say, we're crazy. No, 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 we're not crazy. We've been blessed, and we got this responsibility to minister to people, and we're hoping that you'll just kind of scatter out and maybe relieve the, the, the 9 o'clock service and 10.30 service. So we didn't put a good service time to go to, and we made it hard for you to attend church. That's what we wanted. You want to, go, you're going to We're going to make it rough on you. Some of you are like, that ruins my plans. I had it all planned out. You guys just did, did this to me a year ago. Now you're going to, yeah, just get used to it, right? If you've been around this church for about a year, you recognize... We don't let the paint dry before we put on the next coat of paint, usually. Let me just explain this from a biblical perspective to you. In Hebrews 12, God tells us, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. That's what we're, we're trying to accomplish. We don't want anyone to fall. We don't want anybody to fall out of the grace. We don't want anybody to be left behind. We'll gladly add more service times. We'll welcome people into this place. If they're coming, if we're being blessed by it, we'll, we'll make the room for them for the overflow Check this one, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile you. Like, don't let this become a bitter moment. Don't let this sink and go. Man, they ruined it. I had it all set up. I went to this church and I went to this church. You know, I had it all worked out. I I went here and then I went straight out to Hardee's and we had lunch together as a family. Don't let the bitter root come. See that no one is sexually immoral. So make sure that we're we're living like Jesus. Or godless like who? That's Esau. Esau, the guy we just learned about. For for a single mill sold as an inheritance, writes as the older brother, and continues on. And afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He couldn't, get, he couldn't get it back. He gave it up. I'm not gonna be responsible. God says, I'll move on. I'll move on. And I think if Bethany says we're not gonna be responsible, guess what? He's gonna pick another church in Washington. Fine. I'll leave you behind. I'll go work with some people that want to be worked with. And even though he sought the blessing with tears, he begged and begged and begged. What couldn't happen? He could not change what he had done. He made that decision. You who follow Jesus in this place, we call you difference makers around here. Because God has given you a blessing to make a difference in this world. Friends, there are few greater joys than being generous with your life, more blessed to give than to receive. And some of you are like, hey, let's just continue on the serve, give, go stuff. Like, let's just keep on doing this. You you can't. It's not sustainable. you get tired of packing meals if we've sprung it on you every seven weeks. You'd be like, oh, this again? Okay. How about getting involved in some continual access service around here? How about signing up to be part of our children's ministry? Getting in the parking lot and being the first example of what it means to be living in the light for some people that are coming out of their darkness and being a friendly, happy, enjoyable, loving face. How about opening some doors or making some coffee? How about doing some behind-the-scenes work or working with our tech teams or or working here with, with the worship teams? You know, it takes a small army to run this place on a Sunday morning, and you may have found out already that Bethany doesn't draft, but extra services being added we're going to have to pull into our reserves and some of you have been in the spot where you've kind of sat out for a little bit because you take breaks I, i've got no issues with that man i take a vacation i come back stronger and healthier but maybe that vacation time now is over there's some next step areas in these buildings for washington's route right these doors and hang a right for vincent's out your doors and hang a left it says next steps big and bold There's going to be some pastors in that room, and they're just going to have some clipboards with some information that they can get from you. And you're saying, well, I don't know where to serve. They're going to help you find some links and where you can serve or serve best. They're going to pair you up. Because some of you in this room, you've experienced the joy of serving. You've experienced the joy of generosity, and you want that to continue on. How about you serve the Lord and let Bethany become the benefit of it? God is far more motivated, you see, in blessing you than you are in blessing others, and I guarantee you that. I mean, let's leave with that thought, that God is far more motivated in blessing you than you are in blessing other people. And You're not going to out-bless him. I had a very rich uncle who was very generous. He would say things like, God shovels it into my life, and I do my best to shovel it out even faster. The only difference is God uses a bigger shovel. And I'm sure many of you feel like that. Especially when you come to a place like this. He's far more motivated in blessing you than you are in blessing others. Friends, the greatest blessing you'll ever receive is when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You know, yesterday there was an unfolding of news that was just tragic. As we heard word about people in our nation being shot and terrorized and injured and killed in El Paso, Texas, I saw this morning the death toll has raised to 20, and there are numerous injuries, physical, but how many more of those injuries are mental and emotional? That town will be terrorized to go anywhere overlooking their shoulder for years or decades to even come. And we watch that news unfold and it just got the best of me because my, my 13-year-old was watching with me. I said, let's t- turn that off. You don't need to watch any more of this. And as he's about ready to turn it off, I, I heard the news cycle going, and this talking head who was on the TV was just trying to get the information first, right? The information first. It was about who got the information first. And they got it wrong, and they clarified it later. But here's how they described the shooter. A white male Christian young. Three out of four were right. And I said, Christian? That's no Christian, which my son says, Dad, how do you know that? By their fruits, William, by their fruits. How will they know that you live, serve, and love Jesus? By your good fruits. May God bless us.